Okay, so we got the DraftKings still supporting and giving us the odds for this. Remember, DraftKings Sportsbook, use my promo code FUNKMASTER, bet $5 on UFC 281 and get $200 in free bets if your fighter wins. And right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a parlay today with three or more picks, and combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, total rounds, and more. And, uh, yeah, so let's get into this. Let's get into this. Adesanya versus Alexander Pereira. Hmm. Adesanya is a minus 180. Pereira is a plus 155 underdog. Now, this is an interesting one. I do have to lean towards the side of Adesanya. I think he's just been in the MMA game a little bit more. Pereira has looked impressive in terms of finishing guys, but at the same time, he hasn't really looked like him. And when I say him, like I mean like that guy, you know? He hasn't looked like that guy throughout the fight. I mean, he had that really tough fight with that grappler guy, I think Malcoon or Bruno Silva. And then Bruno Silva proceeded to lose to somebody else right after that. Again, what I said before, you got to look at the opponents. you got to look at who the, how the opponents do afterwards. Yeah, Bruno Silva. And kind of give yourself an idea of where people are at. He lost to a Jeremer shot by guillotine choking round three and went to the decision with Alex Pereira. So I have to play. I have to look at these things. And based on this, he got three knockouts in a row. Um, Andreas Michelides, Bruno Silva, and then Sean Strickland, he knocked him out. He has a nasty left hook, man. Like, I'm looking at his highlights from kickboxing, flying knee, left hook, left hook, left hook, flying knee, left hook with Sean Strickland. <laughs> this guy is just a monster, bro. He is a monster, and he fights, and he scraps. I just think he's going to be a little too slow for Adesanya, but he's always going to have that great equalizer, which is the knockout punch. We know, know, we all know his old faithful is his um, Mr. Lefty. And if he hits you with Mr. Lefty and that Lefty touches that chinny, ooh, you are going down. So I think he has a puncher's chance, but Izzy should be able to see those punches coming from a mile away because I don't think he's the fastest guy. I think Izzy's going to have a great awareness. I think he's going to be able to see all these shots coming. And I think Izzy's going to do what he does, man. He's going to point fight, and he's going to pick him apart from the outside, take his calculated risk where he needs to, and... Um, if he gets emotional and lets those other fights get into his head, I could see Pereira coming through and knocking him out. But for right now, I feel like if I were to bet, I am definitely leaning on the side of Adesanya. Adesina. Adesina. But yeah, that's that's what I think. I think Izzy's going to be attacking the calf. He's going to be doing those oblique kicks, using those feints. And you know how he's here? He's very stoic where he's like... And he's like showing the hip. Um... Chopping the legs down the same way he did against Costa and Yoel Romero and um, Cannonier. And Pereira is going to need to figure out a way to get inside. And he's a big boy. Again, he's more of a plotting, slower, heavy, sits to the ground, like really sits on his punches. Um, he's not like elusive. He's going to stay there. He's going to be there to be hit. He's going to make it a fight. And this is what makes it exciting because I can see him getting to Izzy cutting him off and putting the pressure on him. Will he chase and leave himself open to get countered and maybe knocked out by Adesina? Or will the pressure be too much for Adesanya and will Pereira be able to cut him off and get the finish? I don't know. It's a tough one. 
But your DraftKings picks, uh, odds are minus 180 for Adesanya, and for Pereira, it is a plus 155. Next up, we have Carlos Esparza versus Weili Zhang. This is a great fight because stylistically, I think this may be a nightmare for Weili Zhang. And it could be an opportunity for Carla Esparza to win over the fans and have them not talk shit about the way she won the belt and say she's boring, blah, blah, blah. It's just so stupid. She did what she had to do to win. Uh, she didn't make the decision. And even if Rose still had the belt, people would still be upset and talk shit about Rose. Both of them didn't do that much. It was a really tough fight to score. And honestly, you could have made that fight a draw. And I don't think anybody would have batted an eye or been upset because... That you could probably count how many strikes were thrown on two people's hands. So, 20 fingers. That's probably all you needed to count the, the total amount of strikes that were thrown and landed in that fight. So, it was really odd and very, very bizarre. But I think as far as his wrestling, she's got the tenacity, pushing forward, uh, patient. We saw a lot of patience in that last fight against Rose Namajunas. And I think Carla could be very, very patient again here against Weili Zhang. And I think, don't be surprised if Zhang tries to be just as patient, but then maybe she gets overzealous and gets bored of being patient and breaks her discipline and then gives up an opening opportunity for Carla Esparza to take her down and be the cookie monster and maybe even finish her. Who knows? Ah, man. This is probably not going to be a finish in this unless it's uh, Wei Li Zhang knocking out Carla Esparza. I, can't, I really can't see Esparza finishing this fight. Eh, I don't know. I can't see it. But... Crazier things have happened, right? So it is always a possibility, especially in this sport. And imagine she knocked out Zhang. Oh, what are the odds on, on that? That would be crazy. Um, Exparza is a plus 290 underdog. And Weili Zhang, Zhang Weili is a minus 350 favorite. Wow. This is a good fight. <clears throat> My heart wants to say Zhang is going to win. But then at the same time, my wrestling instincts say that the wrestling will shine through in this. For Carla Esparza, for my fellow wrestler, I don't know which way to go with this. I'm I'm so torn. I like, I like both of these females, and I really don't know who's going to win. And I'm going to leave it at that. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. This is the people's main event right here, in my personal opinion. Maybe not the people's, but this is this is a bad blood. This this is some animosity. There was some heat going into this. I don't think they actually dislike each other. I think they just both can't wait to get in there and shut the other one up. And Dustin Poirier, a minus two fifteen favorite. Michael Chandler, a plus one eighty five underdog. Now we know Poirier has fought a, a Marauder in Justin Gaethje before, and he passed the test. He fought Marauder in Eddie Alvarez. He passed the test, and that was a crazy war. Now, Michael Chandler, he's been in these wars, too, with, with Justin Gaethje, albeit even though Poirier beat Gaethje, Chandler lost to Gaethje after Gaethje made those improvements and really, really changed his skill set. Not just changed his skill set, because he was still a striker, but improved his skill set in terms of his defensive responsibility. And in that fight, man, it was just reckless abandon from both sides, but most more so from Michael Chandler. And Chandler did say in his day, in his uh, I think it was his debut. He's here for a good time, not a long time. I think he's been fighting a little bit smarter though. Now, um, what was his last one? It was against uh, Tony Ferguson, I believe, right? Yep, Tony Ferguson. That was back in May. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like Poirier's got the goods to win this. 
And then I feel like Chandler's got that Iron Mike knockout power that could just touch your chin and lay you the fuck out, baby. So, um, I don't know. I, I feel like Poirier, he's, like I said, he's been through this before. Southpaw versus Orthodox. I think Poirier seen more Orthodox fighters than Chandler has ever fought Southpaw fighters. And Poirier has the ability to switch stances. So that can make things a little bit interesting as well. But then, the, obviously, the Orthodox will play into the favor of Chandler, I think, for Chandler normally fighting Southpaw guys. I mean, uh, Orthodox fighters. So I think Poirier's Philly, I call it the Philly shell, not the Philly shell, but like the hillbilly shell. <laughs> that's that's what we dubbed it, the hillbilly shell, where he's like this and it's kind of like flaring the hands and shit. I mean, I, I might have dragged it a bit, but watch when he people throw punches and he'll shell. And then he'll come back. Um, he's got a good style, a good left cross, heavy left hand. Uh... He's got a good right hook as well. But Chandler, we know he's just very explosive, man. He can end the fight just as quickly as Michael Johnson did against um, Dustin Poirier years ago. So that can definitely happen, especially if he gets in there and gets emotional. Because that one with, with Johnson, I think, was a little bit of a uh, trash talking. And I think that trash talking, I think it might have gotten to him a bit. you know. So we'll see how this one goes. I, I'm leaning towards the side. I mean, I think the odds maker has the odds right. I think Poirier should be the favorite. None of these guys really kick. I mean, but then Chandler gets a crazy front kick knockout in his last fight over Tony Ferguson, right? But none of them really kick. But he throws a kick and blasts, blasts Ferguson um, to another dimension. So then, and respectfully, of course, um... Poirier, let me see. I mean, when has he last fought? He's 33. Oh, I thought he was way older than that. He's only 33. Okay, he lost to Oliveira last year of December. So he had this whole time off, and now he's back in a number one contender fight that could potentially give him the, the opportunity to fight for a belt next. Again, that division within the top five is so ridiculous. These guys... They don't allow, like, room to fight nobody else unless you're in the top five, which is so crazy to me. I'm like, all the other divisions, we have to fight other people. These guys get to just fight each other in, like, a round robin. No one gets to get new blood in there. You know, I'm shocked, like, Islam even got a chance because nobody would fight him. So they really, really want to put him in there. I don't know. With that said, I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards Poirier on this one, but I could see Michael Chandler obviously knocking him out as well. These things have happened multiple times. It's a fist fight. And when you have that kind of power and explosiveness as a Chandler, anything is possible. And he's always in the fight. I just think Poirier is a little bit more durable, and I think Chandler's chin is a little bit more suspect at this point. Not suspect, but I think Chandler, I just think Poirier is a little more durable than Chandler. I think that's the better way to frame it as opposed to saying suspect chin. Chandler is a plus 185 underdog. Poirier is a minus 215 I don't know who's going to win, but I can tell you one thing. See you at the top. Quote Michael Chandler. Who we got next? We got Frankie Edgar versus Gutierrez. One, two, three, four. Yeah, we'll stop at this. Frankie Edgar versus Gutierrez. Honestly, Gutierrez is kind of coming into his own. Frankie Edgar at the end of his career. You know, it would be nice for Frankie to go out on a win. 
Gutierrez has three wins in a row. Uh, if you count the draw, or don't count the draw, it's one, two, three, four, five, six wins in a row. Wow. So he had three wins, a draw, and then three wins after that. So technically, he's on a six-fight winning streak. I mean, the draw doesn't count as a win or a loss. So I don't know if that breaks up the, the streak, so to speak. Wow, that runs. He fought Cody Durden. He fought him to a draw. I want to like, what weight was that at? Hmm. Bantamweight. Cody Durden fought him at Bantamweight. That is interesting. And Durden is now a 25-er. Should I say he's always been a flyweight, but he came up and he fought him to a freaking draw. Very, very interesting. And that was his UFC debut. That says something, right? But that's obviously a different, completely different style. That's a grappler. But you look at him right now. Okay, he made his debut. He lost to Rione Barcelos in the Ultimate Fighter finale. Rene Kachok lost. Then he won three in a row over McDonald, De Fritas, Mom, Vince Morales, Leg Cakes. Um, then he had a draw. And then he beat Andre Ewall, Kolaris, split decision. And then he got a spinning back face and elbow knockout in round two over Denai Bakriel. So this is a tough fight for Frankie, man. I really, I have a bad feeling about this for him, but I'm going to keep positive and hope that he could go out. And even if he doesn't win, at least if it's a competitive and fun fight, I think he'll be happy. Um, Frankie is a plus 180 underdog. Gutierrez is a minus 210 favorite. Gutierrez has some dangerous kicks. Frankie, he uses a lot of footwork. Maybe he can counter the kicks or catch them. Old vintage-style Frankie Yeager. That would be really, really nice and really cool, I think. But it's wishful thinking, obviously. And I think um, Frankie knows that this is going to be a tough fight. He's fighting a guy who's longer, rangier. Mm. Damn. This is, a, this, is a, this is a heartbreaker for me. Gutierrez, 5'9", 31 years old. Ugh. Frank Yeager, 5'6", 41 years old, 68-inch reach. Gutierrez's reach is 67. Wow, Frankie's got longer reach than him. All right, so maybe the boxing can come in handy, and maybe Frankie could touch him up. But we saw him, he literally outfought Cheeto Vera for like 12 and a half minutes, and then got front kicked to the gulags. So it's just one of those things, man. Like, once the chin goes, it doesn't matter, like, how many shots you can take. It's Or should I say, it doesn't matter how many shots you could dish out. It's really how many can you take. Because you got to be able to take it as much as you can dish it, right? That's what I always say. And uh, that will never change. Because if a guy is durable enough and he can sit there and cover up, you could be piecing him up as much as you want. And if all he needs to do is land one in a 15 or 25-minute fight, good luck. Because he's probably going to have one shot to land. He's probably going to have at least a couple. He's going to have a couple moments where he's going to probably get closer and closer and closer. Or she. And eventually knock you the hell out. It's just what happens. Even like the, the Dom-Cheeto fight. Very similar. Like some of the shots that landed on Dom, the durability just wasn't there anymore. And you could see that. Like visually see that. So it makes me wonder, will this be a similar situation like the Vera fight with Frankie as well? Because he fought Frankie and he also fought Dom, Cheeto. And both of them, in terms of their durability, not there. And Vera was out, 
was getting outpointed. The same way he was with Rob Font too, though. But the Rob Font, I think he was a little bit more durable than both those guys. But I will say Font does look like once he gets rocked, I mean, he was rocked um, pretty good with a shot from Pedro Munoz. And then he went full-on wrestling mode, and then Pedro snatched up his neck choked him out. So Font is one of those other guys uh, that I think when he does get touched, sometimes he... Um, looks like he doesn't have quite necessarily like the best chin, so to speak. So I don't know. I can see Frankie trying to outpoint him and trying to outwork him for 15 minutes. But again, if he can't like get a takedown and, and lay on top, this might be a really long night for him and a bad night for him as well. So, oh man, it's um, it's never fun. It's never fun. Never fun, never easy. Uh, so that's it. That's what we got, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe. I'm going to do one last thing. Just look through the rest of the car. We got Dan Hooker taking on Claudio Pilar, um, Puelos. That should be a fun fight. And not the Moicano taking on Brad Riddell. I think that's a really good fight. Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. This should be an interesting one for, for Reyes to see where he's at mentally. See if he recovered um, and his durability is still there because I feel like he had some really bad finishes three in a row. John Jones, that one wasn't really bad, but the Blahovic Blo and the Pachowska fight. Oh, my God, that spinning elbow was devastating. So let's see if he's um, recovered a bit and see how he does with Ryan Spann, who's also coming off a, a – oh, he's coming off a win. I thought he – I didn't know he fought again after that loss to Anthony Smith. Um, I know him and Anthony Smith had some back-to-back words. And then Smith kind of humbled him up a little bit in one round. And then uh, one round, there was a guillotine choke from him over Kutalaba. Blanchfield taking on Molly McCann, the meatball. What are the odds on that one? Um, Blanchfield is a minus 390, and McCann is a plus 320. This is a tough fight for McCann. I won't, I'm not counting her out because I think she can punch, like really punch really well for a female. Um, again, and when I say that, I'm saying like because most females, if you just grab a, a typical female off the street and you ask them to throw a punch versus the way a guy throws a punch, it's just different with the way they shift the body mechanics. And maybe it could just be the females that I'm asking. They might not just be, they just might not be an athlete like whatsoever. But I do have to point that out, that more so I can show a guy and a guy will be able to get it or do it right then and there versus a female. Just knowing how to naturally chamber your hips. I think because more guys probably play, I think more guys play sports, in my personal opinion. I have no idea. I could be completely wrong, guys. But I just think for a female, she can crack. And it's kind of like reminds me of um, Lemos. But. I'm not saying she's as violent and as crisp as Lemos because Lemos is a different animal, but it's very similar that she can actually torque her her punches and and throw some heat. And this is at 125, so that should be a fun fight. Um, Ademan versus my boy Matt Fravola. Make sure you guys bet on that one. I'm taking Maddie all day. This is a pick'em fight at minus 110 for both guys. So DraftKings think this is a very relatively close fight. Both guys swing heat. I think Atman, he's a very good counter striker. He's good in the clinch, so like just winging those overhands after we looked and broke down the fights. Favola can jab him up, get him to throw, and then make him think that he's going to throw something and then let Atman like, start his attack first. 
And once he starts his attack, it gives you the opportunity to now counter his counter. And I think that's where Favol is going to shine. He's going to be able to find that chin with that right hand. And I think the old lefty is going to be the one to put him down, the left hook. I think the lefty Larry is going to put him down from Matt Favola. This is a pick and fight for DraftKings. Matt Favola, let's go, baby. You know we are with the steam. No longer the cream. You are the steam. And now you're, what did he say, lean, ro lean roller? I guess lean roller. I don't know. I guess that's a new one for him. Um, Carolina Kowakaswick versus Juarez. That should be interesting. Carolina won her last fight, which was good for her to break a one, two, three, four, five fight losing streak. She beat Felice Herrick. And Juarez is 37. This might be a tough one. She lost two before winning her last one. Trezano versus Wu Choi. We got Montel Jackson versus Julio Arce. And Carlos Alberg versus Nikolai Negomarano. So this is a fun card, guys. And again, I just want to say shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. And guys, if you want to cop some merch, go to aljamainsterling.com. Definitely go check that out. I'll see you guys soon. I got the food truck diary in the morning. It's a 1221 right now. This was a long podcast. We're going to split this into two. Jake, we're going to split this into two, my man. So we'll post one for tomorrow, and then we'll post the other one on a Wednesday. Um, and that'll be the podcast. So as always, thank you guys for tuning to the shit. If you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. We're spinning back fish, baby. I'm going to go get some sleep. I'm tired as hell. Thank you, guys. Peace.